Aloha, welcome to the Mr. G podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. It's a, a warm, humid 79 degrees here on the outskirts of Chinatown, coming to you from Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, there's supposed to be a lot of rain today. Hurricane Calvin is supposed to be coming this way. Today, Mr. G podcast, it's episode 54, 55. I've taken four days off, not because I didn't want to do that, just because there's been distractions. And some of the best writers, some of the best storytellers will tell you the uh, biggest setback for writers is distractions, being distracted. But this is a, it's just before 6.30 a.m. here in Hawaii. So I'm not looking for any distractions for the next 20 minutes. And if there are any distractions, I'm gonna keep a full people in motion. We'll start it over and we'll do 20 minutes, whether it takes all day or whatever. And uh, today we're gonna to be talking about how Google tracks you and as far as writers go. If you were not aware, I am a writer. My name is Gregory Brandt. I wrote a very well-reviewed uh, autobiography memoir called Gonzo Education. And Gonzo Education takes place between the years of roughly 1996 to 2010, right? And it's an autobiograph, uh, autobiography, a memoir. Many people write memoirs, many people write autobiographies. But something occurred to me the other day, being a writer and um, uh, being a very honest person as well. And in, in modern times and modern technology, there's a time period uh, uh, where, like I said, my first book, Gonzo Education, it starts in 1996. And a lot of this book is taken from memory. There's things that you can verify. You can verify schools that I went to. You can talk to people that I've known. You can verify jobs that I've worked at through IRS records and this and that. But most of it, and just about every book that's ever been read in any nonfiction book, um, you had to rely on the author's uh, word. You had to believe that he was telling the truth. Right now, if anybody's thinking, why am I listening to this guy? Look at him, he's wearing like two glasses. Don't, don't, because I'm a fucking genius, all right? But uh, the point is, um, kids, young people today, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, their whole life is on a phone. Everybody takes their phone everywhere they go, and the phone tracks you. There's a, a setting on Google, which started maybe five years ago, where it can show you where you've been the entire year. So it can show you, oh, you went to the North Shore on this day. You went to the East Side on these days. And, and, and it's a digital record, a digital footprint. And if you're an autobiographical writer, you can't lie, you can't bullshit because there are receipts. And that's a, that's a great thing for an honest person like myself that, that writes. Um, so if somebody says, oh, I went here on this day and I went there and I went there. And even if they're just talking about like, for example, they took a trip to Hawaii and they're two weeks in Hawaii, they're describing where they went. And you know, like, yeah, we went to the North Shore and we went uh, out. Of, I'm, I'm like, did you leave Waikiki? Like, yeah, yeah, we went to the North Shore, we went to the east side, and we went to the west side, and then we went to Pearl City and Pearl Harbor, you know. But maybe they weren't telling the truth, but you could look on their Google data and be like, what? They, they didn't leave Waikiki, you know. And because the phone tracks you every, every, everywhere you go. And so as far as a writer goes, like you, if you're trying to bullshit a story, like, oh, I went and traveled over here and did this and did that. Well, there's a digital footprint. And so any young writers, any nonfiction autobiographies, any memoirs that come out in the future, and it's only going to get better. It's only going to get more accurate. 
you're not going to be able to lie. You're not going to be able to bullshit. Not that I lied or anything in my first book. In a lot of, of my first book, like I said, you can verify. And in my second book, which I'm currently working on as well, the things that I talk about, you can verify on uh, my Twitter, which I've been on for over 10 years. Or you can verify on uh, Instagram or G Google Photos. Uh, you can verify things, um, but it's just getting better and better. And so for a writer, when you when you write something, you better dang well tell the truth because people are going to be able to get your Google track records. We'll read about it exactly about it in a second. But people will be able to see, oh, no, you didn't go to uh, Spain. You didn't go here. You didn't go there. What are you talking about? You know, and so you didn't leave fucking your apartment for three weeks. You know, and uh, you can actually get that data. And then there's also Facebook posts, Instagram posts. There's also metadata saved on photos. Most people in Gen Z and Gen Alpha, they probably take numerous photos every single day. Maybe a few days they don't take any photos, but most days they probably take at least one or two photos. And that photo data is saved forever at SEMFA. And you can always go back, what was I doing on this day? You can always look back. One of the most common internet searches for me and other people is like, what happened on this day? And you type in your birth date or your mother's birthday. What happened on this day? Well, it's going to be a lot more than a few newspaper headlines in the future. You're going to be like, oh, what was I doing on this day? Everybody's life, you know, th there can be uh, artificial intelligence that just turns your life into a movie because all the Google data just takes all the photos and pictures and videos that you've shot over like the next 20 years from now and 20 years. And then it just changes and turns it into like a two hour movie. And that technology is coming in the next 10 or 15 years with quantum computers being run on AI technology. And that's what we're seeing now uh, within the next 10 years, 80% of everybody's job is going to be taken by AI. There, there might be a few jobs, but in particular, white collar jobs are going to be taken. And so uh, there might be jobs that robots can't do that need to be precise. I don't know, like a dentist possibly. I don't know if you have any ideas, let me know. But I was wondering about that <laughs> in the dental chair. I'm like, I'm like, wonder if I should talk about AI to the dentist. Crow, <laughs> are you worried about AI and the dentist? What? Shut up. No more no for you. But yeah, uh, the future, um, nobody's been able to predict the future in the history of human beings. When they ask, what do you think life's going to be like 100 years from now? Even the smartest people get it wrong. They, and look at Back to the Future, how wrong they were. They got a few things right. But they were generally wrong. And so when it comes, it's like, oh, like it's like an aha moment. It's like, oh yeah, that was right in front of me and we didn't realize it. But the Google data, and as far as writers go and nonfiction writers in particular, um, there's a digital footprint and it's going to track everything you do soon. So in my third book, um, which takes place in Hawaii, uh, it's going to be able to track, like if I talk about going to the North Shore. Then it's going to show on the on a particular day. And if I had a cell phone that day, it's going to show me going to the North Shore. Uh, if I go to the East Side or work at this job, it's going to show me go to this job every day. It's going to show that uh, data, that digital footprint. And um, I don't know. I enjoy that because I'm a very honest person, and I try to, uh, you know, if you make your bed line, is what I say. It's what I say. I invented that. But The Hill had a great article about um, Google location history. It was introduced in 2009, Google location history. 
and uh, its users' locations through their smartphones. Um, like I said, uh, you can go right now if you're unaware of this. If you have a Gmail or Google account, you can go to Google Location History. It was introduced in 2009, and it uh, tags losers' locations. It tags those losers' locations through their smartphones. Location history was designed to be helpful, and Google is able to provide a better service to its users because of it, the company says. The feature is turned off by default because of the privacy risks associated with collecting geolocation data, but it's extremely easy for users to accidentally turn location history on. So I didn't know that it was on default. I, I thought it was automatically on, but I must have accidentally turned it on. So if your location, if you want to look into this, you want to go to location history on your Google account and turn it on, and then it'll track everywhere you go. It's a little known Google feature that has uh, tracked your location for years. Google's location history feature, an account-wide service that logs your movements through your smartphone, has stored the real world comings and goings of millions of users since it was introduced in 2009. While the knowledge that your movements are being monitored by one of the world's largest tech companies may be unsettling, Google says location history was designed to be helpful. The company says it can provide a better service if it knows where you've been, giving you more detailed commute advice, recommendations based on places you visited, and more relevant advertisements. And as far as AI goes, that's uh, even more important because you're not really concerned about what artificial intelligence is thinking about you or if they're monitoring your location. It could only be useful. It's one of my favorite expressions, knowledge is power. America is changing faster than ever. Uh, and uh, the company says it can provide a better service. Uh, still, if this news makes you want to rush and turn your Google location history off, you're not alone. And there are some major privacy risks to having your location data stored online. That's why Google has said location history feature is switched off by default and can only be activated with the user's permission. So a lot of people, like I said, are have the different mindset. Me, you could say I'm an open book. Uh, I'm a very uh, emotional, honest person, and uh, so something like this is great. Like I said, I, I want as much knowledge and as many cameras as possible uh, because I don't have anything to hide. And I'm not saying that people that don't like this have things to hide, uh, but um, for me, it's it's only a positive. It's extremely uh, easy to accidentally enable Google location history, particularly by using Google Maps. Um, Here's how to turn Google location history off. First, go to myactivity.google.com and use your Google credentials to sign into your account. After you've signed in, select location history and toggle it in the off setting. This, however, will only pause your Google location history and won't delete any of your past data, which can be accessed at maps.google.com slash timeline. So if you want to know where you've been in the last few years, if your location history is turned on, that's where you want to go. Maps.google.com slash timeline. And it's really interesting, especially for me living on an island, because uh, I can see all around the island that I've been. Uh, even when location history is paused, your location may still be saved to your Google account when you're using other Google sites, apps, and services like Google Maps. Oh, okay, when you're using other Google sites and services, because they don't own very much. Uh, 
accept everything uh, like oh you're using youtube guess what google knows where you're using youtube you know to truly stop google from tracking you you'll also need to turn off web and app activity tracking so google also has chrome which is probably the most popular uh browser uh google owns youtube so even if you have the uh, location turned off if you're using google services and websites and apps which they don't mention here but youtube google maps then it's still saving your data like i said i'm not against that at all you know you can put cameras on me 24 7. And i might have some explaining to do but i won't be uh, ashamed of who i am as a person and uh, you shouldn't be either uh, we're all different uh, there's so many different people in the world you don't have time to meet for everybody even you if you want to shake everybody's hand in the world you would have to live to be like three thousand years old and even then it would be impossible uh, there's so many people in the world even if you you can't even think of everybody if you in a 200 year time period if you live to be 200 years old you can't even think of everybody once that's how many people in the world so there'll always be people that exist that you didn't even know they existed and one great thing about TikTok, you know I love TikTok. I've been on TikTok exactly two years from today. And in that two years, I've gotten 1 million likes and about 40,000 followers and thousands of dollars in Catholic donations and other donations. And I'm really proud of the community that I built on TikTok. Back in the YouTube IRL streaming days, I was forced into a toxic community that I did not want a part of. I tried to throw that community on other people like um, that JR and Britain, but that didn't work. And so I finally just had to stop everything. But then I found TikTok and TikTok was the kryptonite to those you know, keyboard warriors that never show their face or name on screen. TikTok encourages you to show your face and your name. And uh, that's what I did. Uh, even though I've been feeding the street cats for two years previously, I started feeding them. I'm making short videos on TikTok. I've been making music videos for over 20 years, since before YouTube existed. I've always loved making music videos. And I thought, hey, you know, it might be a little risky with it being this bad neighborhood, but I could, you know, film myself feeding the street cats and make a few sing-alongs, make a few TikToks. I'm a music expert and I love music videos and I'm great at lip syncing. So that's how it started two years ago. And I still, you know, upload you know, probably five to 10 TikToks every day. They're real easy to make now. I can just do them in a couple minutes. So it's not a big part of my day. The podcast here and the essay that I write is more important. And that's uh, something that takes skill, time, effort. Uh, the videos also, you know, if I, I can put, take time, effort, and put skill in, have a very curated video. Uh, but it doesn't really seem to help the views. You know, making a simple video that takes me two minutes it's the same amount of views of making the video that takes me three or four hours. So why am I going to make the three or four hour when I will occasionally if my heart's in it? Uh, but overall, uh, you know, it's, it's become so easy to, for me uh, to make these, but I'm grateful for it. And like I said, I'm grateful for the community that I built on TikTok. You know, I was having problems paying a bill the other day, pacing around my apartment. And I thought, let's, let's stop worrying. Let's stop thinking about the problem. Let's think about solutions. I made a quick 30 second video explaining the situation and within hours people in my community came through uh, viva las bay and aloha and, and uh, others as well 
and um and i was so grateful and I realized like you always want to keep a positive mindset you never want to feel down on yourself you never want to uh, pout because that's never going to help your situation you know always uh, think positive and if you can't think positive then at least try to be stoic don't let your emotions get the best of you because that's when people uh, get into more trouble when they dig a deeper hole when they let their emotions get the best of them and it's better to have a rational mind and to think rationally to uh, um, not let things get under your skin and i said say that for myself as well because there's always going to be people out there trying to give you a hard time there's always going to be people out there that try to disrespect you but uh you know i saw a um a uh, famous sports broadcaster uh, on ESPN. Uh, he was also a famous wide receiver, but uh, he said he was walking to work one day in his like $2,000 suit and uh, uh, real loud guy, I guess the, the show was Skip Wallace is his name. Keyshawn, not Keyshawn, I forget his name. But um, he's saying he's walking to the studio one day and he's in a $2,000 suit and uh, there was a homeless guy and the homeless guy started yelling at him. He's like, hey, you're so-and-so. Hey, F you. You can go blah, blah. You, you know, just started yelling at him. Like in the, the sports caster, he's you know, six foot four, you know, huge and muscular. He could easily take out this homeless person. But it's like, I'm not going to interact with you. I got a lot more to lose than you do. And so, like, you can say whatever you want, but... <laughs> Hey, I got bigger things. I, I shouldn't even give you the time of day. I, you're lucky that I even looked in your direction. And and that's the best mindset, the most su mindset for success. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, I think his name is. But uh, uh, it, imagine if he had taken the other uh, route, the other path, and he's walking down the street and a homeless guy. Hey, fuck you, Keyshawn. You suck. You're this. You're that. What? Me? Do you know who I am? Who disrespecting me? I'm not, like, get into a big thing, then it's a huge newspaper article and all this stuff and lawsuit and this and that. Like, Keyshawn Johnson is way better. He's a famous sports broadcaster. He's on ESPN. He's a millionaire. You know, he doesn't need to interact with the homeless person. And I see the same thing uh, on a smaller level and uh, where I'm at doing this podcast every day. Like, I'm just a guy in my apartment doing my own thing. And there literally are ghetto-ass people that yell into my window. They Thank God they haven't today. But just yell into my window or like stand in the parking lot, stand in front of my cameras, just trying to be menacing. And it's like, I don't want to interact with you. Like, I have nothing to do with you. You guys can't see how repulsive you're acting, you know, how needy, how thirsty. How you don't have lives of your own. Like, if I ever see you again, it's too soon, you know. Like, when I'm competing, you're the homeless guy. I'm Deshaun Johnson. Like, I got more to lose than you. You know, you might be 20 years younger than me, but obviously you ain't got shit. By the time I was your age, I was already about to be in the University of Texas. I had already accomplished so many more things than the young people around here had accomplished. And uh, it, it makes me respect where I came from, everything that I have done, you know, everything that I did do, all the jobs that I worked all the hard times that I went through, they made me a stronger person and made me a wiser person because I didn't turn on the world. I looked at things as a learning experience. I didn't blame others. I took responsibility for myself and I learned from mistakes and I became a very excellent, well-rounded person, able to do a podcast off the, off the till for uh, uh, you know, no notes, hardly anything every single day if I wanted to. 
and that amongst other things. And popping up to Beach Street Cats at 4 a.m. every day are one of the most dangerous streets in Hawaii. You know, every single day, I don't even mention it. I got, you know, people trying to uh, give me shit on the street that I could write a story about it just so that you guys would not even believe. And uh, and I say to them, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. You know, I've been through so much, you know, and I'm smarter than them. I'm faster than them. And uh, usually taller and uh, bigger than them. And, uh, but I've always had a lot of haters, even if I didn't even exist. And, um, even if I didn't even normally acknowledge that they exist or wouldn't even recognize them or be able to uh, tell them apart from other people. But uh, having an online presence, uh, if somebody finds out about that, then they, they become uh, hate watchers and they, they watch. And, and, and I can see people in the neighborhood here, they're like, they come from a background where like, if they saw something that somebody had that they wanted, then all they would have to do is take it. And so they're like, oh, he's got Instagram followers. He's got, uh, you know, TikTok followers. I want that. And then I can see them just like lurking around while I'm feeding the cats. Like, How can I take that? It's like, bro, it's not tangible. Tangible what? You can't take it. It's not something you can take. It's me. You know, even I've, I've seen, you know, scummy guys put on a yellow vest and be like, and we can't have it and have somebody chase them around with the camera and be like, look, I'm feeding the cats. Send me money, not him. I'm doing it. You know, it's like, no, it's not really that, though. Uh, a lot of people feed cats, and it has a lot more to do with who I am and what I'm trying to do, uh, because uh, any help that I receive, any viewers that I get, any notoriety that I receive, it's going to go to good things to help more cats. It's not for selfish reasons. It's not for internet clout. There is an end game, and uh, that's to save hundreds of street cats. There's an estimated 2 million homeless cats in Hawaii, and I feed a handful of them every day. And uh, I'm going to be doing that uh, until they're uh, all taken care of. And until I have Elon or Bezos money, that might not be possible. But uh, encouraging others and inspiring others truly to feed street cats, street cats, not because they want internet clout, not because they think that they're going to get viewers or take what I have. Because you ain't. But you can learn from me the best thing. You're not going to ever take what I have. You know, you're never going to be a, a the majority of people will never be as smart as me. They'll never have the oratory skills that I will. They won't have the storytelling ability that I will. They'll never go to take what I have. Like this people in the street look up that are used to it. They see something somebody has that they want. They could just take it. They want Instagram followers. Well, I have them. Can't they just take them? No. That's street logic. That's not that's not real world. But what you can take and what the hater kid on the second floor and what the, the fucking horrible mother on the first floor you can learn i've probably inattentional unintentionally taught you more than any other person in this country and i'm pro immigration i'm 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 i'm, I'm uh, have nothing against that my girlfriend is an immigrant and uh but the thing is you as far as assimilation goes probably nobody else uh has ever taught them the rudeness the the absurdity of using shopping carts or raising chickens or collecting cans, like the, the it, you know, it's it's become obvious. And uh, you know, I, I like I said, unintentionally, they uh, have actually learned something. So 
you know, I won't live by them forever. They won't live by me forever. Eventually, we will all move. Um, but until that day, and when that does happen, and they look back, you know, I'm pretty sure they learned a lot more from me than uh, I probably learned a little from them too. But uh, really, it was undesirable anything, any interactions at all. And the best thing that they probably learned is how to act in an American United States apartment. Like, you don't interact with neighbors, not a co op. You don't have to, you know, have conversations or stand outside and, and barbecue and grill every day. I'm not going to go into it because it's been a peaceful podcast. Uh, we've gotten through the whole 20, 30 minutes starting early. And uh, thank you all for listening to Mr. G Podcast. You can listen to it, audio, wherever you listen to podcasts or on your way to work while you're at work. Uh, on Audacity, on Apple Podcasts, just search Mr. G Hawaii or Gregory Brandt. And if you still can't find it on uh, Spotify or uh, Amazon Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts, Google Podcasts, if you still can't find it, then full episodes are uploaded in their entirety on Twitter and YouTube, twitter.com slash Gregory Brandt and youtube.com slash Mr. G Hawaii. Uh, for me and my street cats, Mahalo and Aloha.